This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Fox in the Stars of ShiningHalf.com, April 2006. The Junior Classics, Volume 1, by William Patton. Chapter 6. Manabozho and the Woodpeckers. Adapted from H. R. Schoolcraft. Manabozho lost the greater part of his magical power through letting his young wolf-grandson fall through the thin ice and drown. No one knew where his grandmother had gone to. He married the arrow-maker's daughter, and became the father of several children, but he was very poor, and scarcely able to procure a living. His lodge was pitched in a distant part of the country where he could get no game, and it was winter-time. One day he said to his wife, I will go out walking and see if I can find some lodges. After walking some time, he finally discovered a lodge at a distance. There were children playing at the door, and when they saw him approaching, they ran in and told their parents Manabozho was coming. It was the home of the large red-headed woodpecker. He came to the door and asked Manabozho to enter, and the invitation was promptly accepted. After some time, the woodpecker who was a magician, said to his wife, "'Have you nothing to give Manabozo? He must be hungry.' She answered, "'No.' "'He ought not to go without his supper,' said the woodpecker. "'I will see what I can do.' In the center of the lodge stood a large tamarack tree. Upon this the woodpecker flew, and commenced going up, turning his head on each side of the tree, and every now and then driving in his bill." At last he pulled something out of the tree and threw it down, when, behold, a fine fat raccoon lay on the ground. He drew out six or seven more, and then came down and told his wife to prepare them. Manabozho, he said, this is the only thing we eat. What else can we give you? It is very good, replied Manabozho. They smoked their pipes and conversed, and after a while Manabozho got ready to go home, so the woodpecker said to his wife, "'Give him the other raccoons to take home for his children.' In the act of leaving the lodge, Manabozho on purpose dropped one of his mittens, which was soon after observed upon the ground. "'Run,' said the woodpecker to his eldest son, "'and give it to him, but mind that you do not give it into his hand. Throw it at him, for there is no knowing what he may do he acts so curiously.' The boy did as he was directed. "'Grandfather,' he said as he came up to him, "'You have left one of your mittens, and here it is.' "'Yes,' he said, making believe he did not know he had dropped it. "'So I did, but don't throw it. You will get it wet on the snow.' The lad, however, threw it, and was about to return when Manabozho cried out, "'Baka! Baka! Stop! Stop! Is that all you eat? Do you eat nothing else with your raccoon? Tell me.' "'Yes, that is all,' answered the young woodpecker. "'We have nothing else.' "'Tell your father,' continued Manabozho, "'to come and visit me, and let him bring a sack. "'I will give him what he shall eat with his raccoon meat.' "'When the young one returned and reported this message to his father, "'the old woodpecker turned up his nose at the invitation. "'I wonder,' he said, "'what he thinks he has got, poor fellow.' "'He was bound, however, to answer the offer of hospitality, "'and he went accordingly, taking along a cedar sack,' to pay a visit to Manabozho. 
Manabozho received the old red-headed woodpecker with great ceremony. He had stood at the door, awaiting his arrival, and as soon as he came in sight, Manabozho commenced, while he was yet far off, bowing and opening wide his arms in token of welcome. All of which the woodpecker returned in due form, by ducking his bill and hopping to right and left, extending his wings to their full length and fluttering them back to his breast. When the woodpecker at last reached the lodge, Manabozho made several remarks upon the weather, the appearance of the country, and especially spoke of the scarcity of game. "'But we,' he added, "'we always have enough. Come in, and you shall not go away hungry, my noble birds.'" Manabozho had always prided himself on being able to give as good as he had received, and to be up with the woodpecker, he had shifted his lodge so as to enclose a large dry tamarack tree. "'What can I give you?' said he to the woodpecker. "'As we eat, so shall you eat.' With this he hopped forward and, jumping on the tamarack tree, he attempted to climb it just as he had seen the woodpecker do in his own lodge. He turned his head first on one side and then on the other, as the woodpecker does, striving to go up the tree but as often slipping down. Every now and then he would strike the tree with his nose, as if it was a bell, and draw back as if to pull something out of the tree, but he pulled out no raccoons. He dashed his nose so often against the trunk that at last the blood began to flow, and he tumbled down senseless on the ground. The woodpecker started up with his drum and rattle to restore him, and by beating them violently he succeeded in bringing him to. As soon as he came to his senses, Manabozo began to lay the blame of his failure upon his wife, saying to his guest, "'Nemesho, it is this woman relation of yours. She is the cause of my not succeeding.' She has made me a worthless fellow. Before I married her, I also could get raccoons. The woodpecker said nothing, but flying on the tree, he drew out several fine raccoons. Here, said he, this is the way we do, and left him in disdain, carrying his bill high in the air, and stepping over the door sill as if it were not worthy to be touched by his toes. End of chapter 6